if mind is just a concept, what is that gets reborn, reincarnated, that carries our karma? A little confused. I guess I have to start, no? You have, please speak up when you have something to say. Nothing gets reborn. Uh, nothing gets reborn, there's a first statement. Nothing gets reincarnated. Nothing carries karma. Karma itself doesn't exist. And th those are also the statements that I would make to start off my answer. They are verifiable or deniable statements. And I would add another one in there is confusion exists. Right? Obviously what you have in your mind now is confusion. And that, a little later on, we can, we can explain uh, the import, w w how that is much more important than understanding the answer to this question. In fact, some, something that, that isn't often fully appreciated is that you don't really need answers to these sorts of questions. Often answering these questions does assuage your doubt, but it's another one of these cases of just um, avoiding the, the real problem is that you have this sort of doubt in the first place, which we all do, I'm not trying to pick on you. But it's very hard for Western people to get it, get it, to get their minds around the concept that you don't need an answer to this question. Because they think, well, I have doubt, so you have to solve that to, to, to get rid of your doubt. And actually you don't. If you look at the doubt, you'll see that it's useless. And you'll see that all doubt is useless. And guess what? Once you see that all doubt is useless, you're enlightened. Um, no, it's not quite that simple. It's not just a, a reflective thing. But the experience of enlightenment does away with doubt. The sotapanna. A sotapanna is um, free from the mental state of, of doubt, uh, to, to a certain extent. At the very least, doubt is a hindrance. It's something that distracts and, and uh, you know, crushes the mind's potential, stop, uh, halts the mind in its track, so stops you from seeing clearly, stop you from, stops you from finding peace and so on. And so one way of understanding the practice is just the overcoming of doubt or the giving up of things like doubt. And if all you were to do is focus on this doubt, all kinds of doubt, and overcome that, um, you, you, I think you would be doing enough. And so in that sense, you don't need answers to any question. Right? You don't need even the ones that seem so important. Right? And, and this is an important question that people have. Is there such a thing as rebirth? People have even said to me, I can't practice unless I believe, unless I have something to convince me in the truth of, of reincarnation, of rebirth. Buddhism seems to make no sense to me unless I can solve this question, answer this question, which is a very pitiful state to be in, right? Because you may never have the, you probably will, nev probably will never have the, the proof that you're looking for. Science doesn't even give proofs, right? You can't, um, no, the only way to prove it would be to um, experience it for yourself, right? Which puts you in a precarious, precarious position of having to wait until you pass away. Either that, or what, what, what normally people are hinting at in this case is that they really 
really, really, really want to remember their past lives because it's so cool. And so they cover it up with this idea that they have to in order to appreciate Buddhism, which is, which is in, 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 in that sense kind of um, deceptive because it's just greed. Okay, way beside the point, but, but very much to the point, and that's how we should, we should uh, the conclusion we should come to. But to directly answer your question, because for sure that will help to make the doubt easier to deal with, Uh, I can't do better, I think, than to point to the video I made on the nature of reality. And I, I actually, I would, I would think you've probably seen that video, which makes me wonder if I did uh, cover it in, in enough detail. But um, it's not really what the Buddha would say, but it's, I've said it several times already, is that Buddhists, it's not that Buddhists believe in rebirth, it's that Buddhists don't believe in death. And you know, honestly, I have to think that this is something—not something the words the Buddha might have used—but it it does accurately reflect the Buddha's teaching, as I understand it. Because death in Buddhism, you know, the Buddha often talked about when a person dies, and he used these words, and I use these words. We all use this word, but from a doctrinal point of view, and from a, a, a core doctrine. Um, from in terms of core doctrine, death occurs at every moment. That's what we're talking about when we say the mi the mind doesn't exist. Mind is just a, a a designation for these momentary experiences, the the mental side of the momentary experiences, the awareness of the object, or the awareness of an object that is part of an experience. So when the bod when the body dies, right. We're totally dealing with concepts at that point, right? because nothing died. Mind and body are arising and ceasing, arising. Physical and mental are arising and ceasing, arising and ceasing. And that doesn't stop. If you, I think the video is really good. It's, it's, it arose out of a conversation I had with my father, and eventually an article I wrote about it, and then continuously getting this question, I thought this might help. I don't think it helps as much as I would have liked, because... Because of the nature of the human mind, right? Doubt is uh, insidious. It's 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 um, doubt is not a sign that you need an answer. It's a sign that you've got a problem. Uh, you, the, the problem is the doubt, and so you can see this in people. They get an answer to one question, and then they have ten more. Why? Though the why is not always because they didn't get a sufficient answer. It's because they're addicted to doubting, and there's a pleasure that comes from it, right? It can be a desire, it can be, be caught up in desire. They don't want to go meditate. We didn't even meditate tonight, no. <laughs> they don't want to go meditate. They want to, they, they want to ask questions and, and philosophize and give rise to this rush of getting, you know, but, uh, getting some conclusion or, or, or coming to some kind of a, a resolution. This, this I get it moment, and become addicted to it, right? Uh, so we want that, and when we don't get it, we're not satisfied with the answer. But when we get it, whoa, we get a little rush. It's totally chemical. Uh, so, so that's why I think this video. I, I think hope, there may be many things wrong with the video, but it may. It seems to me because I've explained this several times that 
The problem isn't in the explanations, because I'm sure the explanation is sound. The problem is that that explanation isn't the answer. The answer is to focus on the doubt. And you say, I always say, you're doubting. Well, focus, you know, forget about what you're doubting about. Focus on the doubt, because once you can get rid of the doubt, you've, you've done all that you need to do. People say, is this meditation good for me? I'm not sure. I have lots of doubts. I say, well, this meditation is for the purpose of giving up doubt and overcoming doubt. So all you have to do is focus on the doubt, and and when it's gone, you you've you've accomplished your mission. But the explanation, for what it's worth, is that in order to understand reality, we have to give up all of our preconceived notions. So in the beginning, I think I say something like, forget about everything you've been taught. Forget everything. Forget what your parents taught you. Forget what society. Forget that you are a human being. Forget absolutely every concept you have that uh, puts anything in any context. Right? That's, that's really what is necessary to understand reality because context limits understanding. When uh, you can see this by how people respond to the idea that, that sex is for nothing, sexual intercourse is for nothing. Right? So always, that was a funny argument, a funny discussion we had. Sex is for nothing. But sex is for procreation. Well, what do you mean? How do you know? Well, if there weren't procreation, there would be no... What would continue the human race? Well, what's the continuation of the human race for? And then, what's the continuation of the human race for? Well, I wouldn't have been born if I hadn't been... Well, what's the purpose of you being born? Right? The, the, the reason for this kind of... these kind of questions is because we, we're, we're thinking in a context. In order to understand reality, you have to come out of that. When you do that, you start to see exactly what I said. It, it really is just experience. All you can say about reality without getting into some kind of context or some kind of concept or, or projection is that experience occurs. There is seeing, there is hearing, there is smelling, there is tasting, there is feeling, and there is thinking. You, you can say that pretty... Um, pretty reassuredly. The question of whether it's real or not real, you know, am I just seeing things, am I hallucinating, is meaningless. You know, the experience occurs as it occurs, or, or doesn't occur, one or the other. Um, and and then, I th then, then you can go in several, several directions. The first is to, uh, well, I, I, I think the, the what logically comes next is that it's less likely to think of a uh, a point where this stops, where this ceases, you know, based on chance or based on just time. That eventually this ceases. Especially if you go into meditation, as you go deeper, you see that mind states give rise to future mind states, which is really the core of the Buddhist teaching. Right, the craving leads to further becoming. So, it's true that it's possible for this to cease, which would be a kind of a death, uh, in a sense. But that cessation can only come at the end of desire. As long as there's more desire, there'll be more becoming, there'll be more arising, more of this stuff coming up, more experiences. And so it, it becomes 
illogical it becomes not not illo not logical it it goes against your experience at that point to think that suddenly it will stop right because you're watching the cause and effect and you're saying this these causes well well as far as i can see they're having these effects right this desire leads to this re this result you know you want something so there leads to thinking about it developing it something that wasn't there before suddenly born right uh, and, and this is how it works. The idea of a human dying and being born is actually just a, it's like waves in an ocean because we've contrived this reality of being a human being or this reality, this state of being a human being and it, it occurs in waves. It's not always like that. There are beings that don't uh, arise and cease in this way. Beings that you know, go from one state to another, but but not in terms of birth and death. That didn't even that didn't even finish answering your question, though. That that has to do with uh, the whole idea of of getting reborn, because we don't believe in these things. The, I, the, so the only part of that question that your question that, that doesn't answer is in terms of of karma. No, but it does actually. No, because. But just to point out that what is karma? Karma is that relationship where you see this craving leads to this suffering. This wisdom, for example, leads to this happiness or this peace. Seeing how mind states, uh, momentary mind states, lead one to the next. That, that's how karma works. Karma is um, a, a relationship from one experience to the next. And as such, it doesn't even exist. It's just a observation that, that occurs, you can see that hmm, with this, when this arises, that arises. With the arising of this, there is the arising of that. When this doesn't arise, that doesn't arise. And in the end, um, I would say even that realization is, is, uh, is discarded, in a sense, because an arahant doesn't create karma, but but that's because they they all they also don't think in terms of correlation. They just see things as they are, moment to moment. They understand intellectually, you know, as the Buddha taught, paticca samuppada or or dependent origination. But you know, I, as as far as I can see, they their experience is not in that way. the 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 experience is is one to one. So there's no thought about karma uh, on an experiential level. There's only um, a moment-to-moment -moment arising and ceasing. I hope that helps. I think we're looking at the karma like from our materialistic point of view and, and want to give it some form like and to, to make it something karma, we can understand. Bank. And that, that's just not appropriate for that kind of <laughs> wanted to say thing, but it exactly not a thing and um, in a way like there is not a fruit in the seed uh, it's just not yet there it becomes mm -hmm. maybe later a fruit but when there's the seed there's not a fruit yet and the, fr right. the fruit is not stored in the seed no. it's not stored in the tree it's just grows when the conditions are there. 
So uh, there is just nothing that carries our karma. We this is just to be accepted. Um, yeah, yeah accepted. Like the whole thing about D it's very clear. The whole thing about DNA, right? The information is encoded there to to replicate. Right? The fruit comes from the tree, and we have scientific explanations as to why that is. But no, you won't find the uh, the fruit there, and you won't find you won't find a thing that is the relationship. Mm -hmm. But you'll see how the DNA leads to this or or whatever, and how the replication can occur under these conditions. But the see karma is a relation. It's like gravity. Gravity, we think, generally we think it's something that exists, right? But when you think about it, when you study physics, it actually doesn't exist. This whole idea of curved space is just mind-blowing, right? Because it, it actually turns out that, that it's not coming back down, right? What goes up doesn't come down, or, or so on. It's, it's only the fact that space is curved, for, for example, or, or you know, if that's really the truth. So, uh, that was to be the last question, and I think I think we have to give the hall back up because we've kind of chased everyone out of the hall. This should be a meditation hall, but at this moment it's still not. It's now a bedroom, and uh, uh, oh, I'm still recording.